All right, hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Antler and Feather Co. podcast, the podcast for new and adult onset hunters. My name's Vince, and I have with me today Brian, of course, Bobcats and Broadheads, and we also have the winner of the AFCO Best Buck Championship, Brenton Wright, out with us. We want to talk to him about that Best Buck story. Um, I just want to hear more about what that looked like, how he got that monster Kansas buck on the ground. It's really, really cool. It's a giant buck, and... Uh, so we're going to get into that. Um, so for starters, Brian, Brenton, how are you guys doing today? Yeah, it's just a Saturday morning here at my house. A house full of girls are all still sleeping. So it's a little windy here today, but it's supposed to hit about 80 degrees. So I'm going to be in shorts and a t-shirt. 80 degrees? Where are you at? I'm in eastern North Carolina. Eastern North Carolina. I'm jealous. Yeah. Out by the lighthouses. It's nice. That sounds pretty cool. Where... <clears throat> Let everybody know where you're at, Brenton. I'm up in upstate New York, not not the city, but upstate New York. So, I was going to um, say, we're, we're going to have to clarify here. Yeah, <laughs> very good clarification there. It's about 30 degrees and raining right now, but I'm just thankful that it's not snow. In Iowa, last night, this is this is typical Midwest, like when you hear Midwest weather stories. I went, I went out, I let my dog out to pee before we went to bed, and I'm out there in a t-shirt, shorts, and it's... I don't know what the temp actually was. It was probably like 40, but it felt like 50. In Iowa, you know, like 50 degrees is kind of shorts weather for for most of the time. (laughs) And uh, so I I went to bed and it's, you know, decent outside. I woke up this morning and there's like two feet of snow on the ground. Like I have these, I don't know, they're probably like 10 foot tall bushes in the background, like bush tree. Like, you know how you put them along a fence and they're kind of like a division bush thing. Yeah. Those are like completely bent over to the ground, like weighed down with snow. It's like an absolute blizzard outside. And I had all these plans. Like I was like, all right, today I'm going to try to maybe go to the outdoor archery range. Maybe I'm going to go scouting, do a little shed hunting, whatever it is. Like, no, there's, there's like, I, if I had to guess, it's probably, you guys know how snow works. Well, Brian, you might not, but (laughs) right. You know, Brent, you know how snow works. They say, they say you got like. I don't know, half a foot of snow. But when you look outside, it looks like you've got three feet. So I'm not sure what our actual snowfall is, but it, it's it's pretty substantial. So it was a it was kind of a weird surprise when I woke up and look out the window because I I don't know about you guys, but I pay zero attention to the weather unless we're in hunting season. Then I know I can tell you the forecast for 30 days out, but if it's not hunting season, I don't look at the weather at all. I just let God surprise me every day. And he caught me by surprise today, for sure. But, <clears throat> so needless to say, there's going to be no scouting, no nothing going on. Maybe we'll try to get the kids out and go sledding or something. Send them down some hills at a fast rate of speed. So, where you but, guys are at, how how good do they take care of the roads? Because here in North Carolina, we get snow <clears throat> like like fat girls on mopeds. Um, it, it rarely happens. And when it does, mm-hmm. they're so surprised by it. They don't know how to prep the roads. And no one, especially where I'm at, I'm around a Marine Corps base. So we've got people yeah. plucked from all over. And no one knows how to drive in the snow. <laughs> so there's cars all over the side of the road. You know, it's – and they – I mean, they barely take care of them. There's no reason for anybody to own a plow. But how yeah. how, how much of a prep or anything do they do for you guys? Um. They, I mean, they're pretty good about it. I mean, it's, it's, this type of thing is like just common. I mean, this is just how, how it is in Iowa. So they're for the most part ready. Like my city in particular, 
Um, and I don't know, maybe people see this in other cities. It kind of depends on where the tax dollars are coming from, where, where it gets real, yeah. <laughs> you know, where the plows really go. But they basically, they'll hit main roads. Um, like I looked out this morning, usually when we know a storm's coming, like at least your main roads will be plowed. And today, like, it's like nobody, nobody's touched it yet, but we go back and forth with like putting salt down and then they'll put sand down and they'll do all kinds of stuff. And most of the time it's just like, if you live in Iowa, you need to own at least one four by four vehicle. Um, you know, so my truck will get through whatever I need to get through, but yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely not been touched at the moment. So I was supposed to go help my brother after this and he lives about 50 minutes from me over on the Illinois side. Mm. And he just texts me. He's like, yeah, you can kind of forget about that today. I don't think we're going to do that. So we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. One thing also <clears throat> I wanted to bring up and this is completely off topic and I'll bring this part up. We'll pray. Um, I'll say friends of the show and then we can get into it. But I did want to share with everybody who does listen. Um, like I guys, t- like I tell you guys, um, my goal for this podcast is first to use it to glorify God and for it to be a tool for God to use to reach his people. Um, and I went last night, um, I ended up going on a date night. Uh, I had some stuff come up that screwed up our podcast for last night. And then with the rest of the time, we went and saw a movie with my wife and, uh, we went, nothing was showing except for this movie called Jesus revolution. And I was like, uh, it's like, there's like a hippie guy and like this old school pastor. I'm like, I guess it'll look okay. We can go watch it. Dude, it ended up being, it like covers this like Jesus revolution that happened in like the 1970 time frame, And, uh, it is amazing. I was literally crying in the movie and I think it would do everybody, whether you're a Christian or not, it would do your soul good to go watch it. Um, so that's my plug. If you guys are looking for a date night or whatever, you just want to go see a movie or you're at home whenever, I don't know if it's out on anything else streaming, Jesus Revolution, check it out because it's, it's really, it is really a great, great movie. So with that, um, I'm going to say a quick prayer and then we'll do friends of the show and then I will stop talking and rambling and we can actually let our guests talk for a little bit. So <laughs> Lord Jesus, um, I thank you for another day. I thank you for your creation and the just the crazy switches that it can do. Um, snow is obviously, it can be a pain in the butt, but when you step back and look at it, um, it's just beautiful outside. It's absolutely beautiful. And I just thank you that we get to experience those things. And um, I thank you for Jesus and what he did on the cross in our place. Uh, without that, I would not be sitting here able to freely pray to you. I would not be sitting here being able to tell people about a movie about you. Um, you, you offer true freedom, um, in, in your salvation. And I ask that you use this show to, uh, reach out to all of your people. Um, I, I know there's a lot of lost, a lot of hurt, a lot of broken people who are looking to the world and society and they don't know their identities. They don't, they don't have anything. They're gripping to just anything that will give them some some feeling of substance and ultimately you're the only source of that <clears throat> so um let i, I just want to let everyone know wherever you're at in your life um 
whether you're a Christian or you're not, um, all the troubles, the brokenness, the hurt in the world, the, the evil that's, that's going on, like Jesus is the answer. And, um, so I, I just offer that to you right now. Um, you can always DM me, find me on Instagram, find me wherever, if you want to talk about it. Um, but yeah, so Lord use this podcast for that. I thank you for Brenton and Brian and, and their time. Um, I thank you for their lives. I, I just ask that you're over this conversation for the rest of the time. And we ask all this in Jesus name. Amen. 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 <clears throat> all right. One more quick thing and then I'll let you guys hit the road. Okay. Well, not hit the road, hit the road for the show. We're going to do friends of the show guys. First and foremost, buzzard roost saddles. Like I said in the last couple of weeks, now's the best time to get your butt into a buzzard roost. Your butt will thank you if you're a saddle hunter or if you're not and you want to check out buzzard roost. Their saddles are extremely comfortable. They're extremely adjustable for every booty size. So whatever you're, whatever you're packing in the back of your jeans, buzzard roost can handle it. And it will be, <laughs> I'm telling you, it'll be comfortable. They are really, it's, it's really a great saddle company. Um, Benny and, and his whole team are awesome. They're great. So check out Buzzard Roost. If you want to pick one up, use code AAFP10 for 10% off your Buzzard Roost saddle. Over at Our Grounds Coffee Co., that is the official coffee of the Antler and Feather Co. podcast. Um, we got, well, not we, Ed has a roaster. He's doing everything with his, uh, his space to get it ready to get roasting again. Um, so keep an eye out for that coffee should be flowing again soon so when you want to try that out use cap all caps afco that's going to get you 15 percent over at ourgroundscoffeeco.com uh second third second third i can't just so everyone knows this podcast is being uh recorded early in the morning that's why i look like a gremlin and i can't talk anyway <clears throat> check out more innovations more innovations.com um it is a 3D printing company. He prints archery-related equipment for guys who are doing their own bow work so you don't lose all your stuff when you're uh, taking screws and springs and everything else that comes off your bow. He's got everything you need to keep everything in one place. Um, so use code all caps AFCO10 for 10% off over at More Innovations. And finally, Adam's Precision Archery. He uh, Dustin has everything you could need archery-related. Um, his big thing is arrows. I'm sure you guys have followed along. You see his arrow videos and his builds all the time. Um, I've got a set coming from him for my tack arrows. They're going to be absolutely awesome. So check out adamsprecisionarchery.com. And if you use code all caps AFCO10, that will get you 10% off your arrow build with Dustin over at Adams Precision Archery. Um, make sure that you ask for Dustin, not Adam, to build your arrows. Adam does not build good arrows. So... That's it, guys. We're going to go ahead and get right into it. Brenton, let everybody know who you are. Um, we've already established you're from upstate New York, not – would that be considered downstate, downtown? Yeah, I don't know what down, it is. downstate, the city. We just call it the city. <laughs> yeah, so he's not from there, guys. He's a good, normal guy. He's not running around in a Mickey Mouse costume telling people the Jews are coming for him because that was one of my experiences when I visited down there. Um, yeah, it, it was funny. It was it was this Mickey Mouse, and I was my dad was like, "Let's get a picture with Mickey Mouse," and we go over there. It's like five dollars, and uh, this Mickey Mouse guy looks at my dad and he goes, "Hey man, you got to hurry up and take this picture." And my dad's like, why is that? And he goes, the Jews are coming for me. I got to take this picture and go. The Jews are coming. I'm telling you, you got to watch out for the Jews. 
And my dad's like, okay. So that's my, one of my, my best experiences. Did with, he, uh, with, did he get the picture or, you know, I think he did. Um, and the funny thing was, it was like, he wanted five bucks and I don't think we paid him because it was so weird, but it was like, it wasn't even like a Polaroid with him. It was like, you get to stand next to him for $5 and take a picture with your own iPhone. And then, you know, here's a little juice story. And then we move on. <laughs> it was, it's really bizarre. You know, I, I, like we were talking about off camera, those are the stories that a lot of us who don't live around New York or who don't ever go to New those are the stories that we hear about. But there's like a whole like 90% of the rest of the state that's absolutely beautiful farms, woods, great hunting. And I don't think many people realize that that part of New York exists. So I think that's why it's so important to clarify which part of New York you're from. Um, because like just hunting and farm and blah, blah, blah does not pop into anybody's mind when we hear New York. But so anywho, you're from New York, upstate New York. Um, what, how did you kind of get into hunting and what's your background with that? Well, I've just always been hunting my whole entire life. Would be My dad basically started it with me, turkey hunting, deer hunting, um, specifically bow. I don't really even rifle hunt that much. It just doesn't, it doesn't do it for me like bow season does. I, I love the, you know, being 30, 40 yards closer, you know, I'm not into the shooting it at 200 yards and whatever else. And I also like it, it. It is pretty crowded here in upstate New York. So during gun season, you know, we call it the Orange Army is out there. Yeah. <laughs> and so you run into uh, a lot of people, but not a lot of people bow hunt. So I like the fact that I can just go out and bow hunt and I don't have to worry about running into the neighbor or Joe Schmo down the street or anything like that. And I can just do my own thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that, that was one thing I, <laughs> We all joke about the Orange Army, and right around the time our gun season was coming in was when I had that crossbow video go viral. So I, I had this really cool post I was, like, waiting to put out about the Orange Army. It was, like, it looked like a movie trailer, kind of, and it had, like, cross shotguns, and it said something like the date, like, what what was it? December, blah, 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 the Orange Army is coming. It was really cool, and then I was like, I probably shouldn't post that right now. I've already pissed off a lot of people. That might take it over the top. <laughs> so is Brenton, is your season divided up? And so like bow season comes in early and then do you just kind of stay out of the woods when the orange army runs out or do you, is there specific bow only areas? No, there's no specific bow only area. So bow season up here starts October 1st and it goes until I think gun season is the first or the third Saturday in November, I think is when gun season opens up. So you have until October 1st till basically the middle of November or later November to just bow hunt, no guns. So do you just, you, and then um, once you gun, just stay out of the woods when gun opens or. I mean, I'll go out once or twice, but it doesn't, it doesn't interest me like bow season. Bow season I'll go out every day yeah. after work or, or whatever, but gun season, I, I don't do that. I might go out, if I'm bored or I'm like, you know, I'm going to go a little walk around and just throw my orange vest on and go walk around. Or if I haven't shot a deer yet, then, then maybe I'll hunt a little harder during gun season to shoot like a doe or something like that. But you know, it just doesn't, I'll go out three, four times maybe versus bow season. I'll go out five days. Yeah. A week. So realistically, so Something realistically like your season is only a month and a half long and then you're, you're basically, you're hanging right. it up. Wow. That's that. Yeah. I basically, that's rough, man. 
I basically hang it up. Yeah. And then there's a late bow season, but that's like, that's like after gun season. It's like right around Christmas time. And it's like, ah, I ain't going out in 20 degree <laughs> weather to freeze my butt off for deer that have been chased by a gun oh, for yeah. a month and a half. Yeah. That really throws a wrench in the gears. Yeah. Can you, Brian, can you even, so like in Iowa, I can't, I cannot bow hunt during gun season. I have to be out of the woods. Um, are you allowed to hunt bow during gun season? And then I assume you probably just have to wear yeah, a I can, and all I can that hunt stuff. bow um, from opening day of bow season, which is generally uh, late September, mid late September, all the way through the new year. Um, and on the base, it's really nice because there's bow only areas. So I normally bow hunt all the gun areas early season. And like I said before, and get all my hiccups out. And then once the yeah. gun guys come running in, I just kind of mosey on back to the bow areas, unless I know there's a monster somewhere in a gun area. But I even still haul my bow through the gun areas. I just throw some orange on until I get into a tree and then pack it in. And then I put it back on when I leave. So, yeah. I, and, and to be clear, um, I don't think any of us are anti gun hunter. Um, that's one thing that people get all up in arms about is when we talk about like we're bow only, bow only for deer, people are like, Oh, you elitist, you want to, you want to cancel the gun hunters. I, I think gun hunting's great. Uh, yeah. I just don't do it. Like, cause Turkey season, I'm shotgun all the way. I, I feel like, <clears throat> I feel like, you know, I've said before, I feel like God invented turkeys to be shot with a shotgun. And, uh, but during, during deer season, I think any like big game, I don't know. There's, it's a weird line. Like I feel like for deer, if I ever go elk hunting, um, bear hunting, whatever thing, like big game that I ever want to do, like I want the accomplishment of getting it with a bow for some reason, something like a turkey or small game hunting, like I'll blast rabbits with a shotgun <laughs> all day long. Or if I go, if I go squirrel hunting, we'll take the 22 or a shotgun that doesn't bother me, but I just, I, I personally love the challenge of, of putting an arrow on, on a bigger animal. I, I don't know. Like, like you were saying, it's something about the intimacy of getting close to it. Like I can't just, all right, he's 90 yards out. Let's see what happens. Like I, I like to know that I did the work to get close. Cause like we've all talked about, like the interest in hunting for me, and I'm guessing for both of you guys, the interest is the chase of it. Not, not the kill yeah. of it. Yeah. I, 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 hunt, I bow hunt for everything. I, I haven't shot a rifle in probably four or five years. And, and that's just, you know, I take my specialty rifles out and I just shoot target with them. But like, like Brent was saying for, for me specifically, it's, it just doesn't do it for me with a rifle. Uh, I like to like to be up close and personal and know that I've done everything possible, right. To make that one shot come to fruition and just make it all work. Um, with a rifle, you can you can goof things up quite a bit. You know, your scent control doesn't have to be on point. You can sit in a box, you know, for however long you want and just wait them out. Or mm -hmm. and in certain places on private land, you can bait. So that just makes it that much easier. You know, and don't get me wrong, I've, I've been there, done that. But I was like, well, that's kind of easy. You know, I, I know when they're coming. I, I know that there's a food source because yeah. I put it there. You know, where now it's, yeah. I have to actually do the work. I'm out. I was out last Tuesday, um, shed hunting, scouting, finding rub lines. And I was out on public land, just stomping through the woods, you know, and that's, that's where it kind of all comes together for me is, is knowing that I've done all of those things right. You know, the kill is just, 
yeah, it's whatever. I'm putting an animal down to put food on the plate, you know, but that's when the real work starts yeah. is once that animal's on the ground and you have to actually harvest, that's when the real work starts and no one sees that. I mean, from, you know, yeah. gutting it, dragging it out of the woods, hanging it up, getting all those, you know, everything done to take care of me. That's, you know, to know that I've done every step possible. That's, <clears throat> that's just the way it is for me. Yeah. yeah, I had a uh, last night. I don't know if I, I didn't look back to see if the comment got deleted or anything, but I put out that that post that said, how do you how do you preserve your tail or your fan and your legs? And this person commented on it late last night. And she said the best way to preserve a turkey fan and legs is to not kill him. Just leave him alone. And so original, or, you know, right off the bat, like my smart Alec brain was like, here we go. We're going to attack the And so I click on her profile and she's like yoga plus veganism. And it's, you know, just like your, she looks like your standard run of the mill person who's an anti hunter. Um, the only, the reason I want to bring that up is that was an opportunity that I could have went two ways with. And, um, I originally wanted to just fire back something <laughs> smart ass to her. And then I, I thought about it for a second and, Instead, I went the route of trying to explain, and this is where for people who are hunting, if you if you run into that, you have the option. You can attack back, um, which is ultimately going to solidify her idea of what a hunter is. Um, if you come back and say something about being vegan and shut up, you don't know what you're talking about, she's going to continue to think that hunters are just a bunch of assholes and killing things. I try to take the, the opportunity to explain like, hey, I... I appreciate your opinion. I appreciate your view. Mine, mine are just different. Um, and explaining kind of the reason I hunt is to put food on the table, clean food for my family. Um, I, I want to preserve the tail fan and everything to, you know, memorialize and honor the Turkey. Um, and then after that, I put, there was still like that part of me that was like, uh, I want to say something. So I did tag on there. Um, and also, I don't know if you're aware of the mass amount of killing of animals, bioorganisms, and uh, plants that your style of eating is causing. Um, I said, I, I can assure you that your diet is killing many, many, many more animals than mine is. Um, so I I still, you know, had to put that little dig in there just because it's fact. It's hard fact. Um, the The vegan diet and all the things that go into crops and if you've listened to joe rogan i'm sure he brings it up every opportunity he can get on monocrop agriculture and just the massive amounts of killing of all types of animals and organisms that go into that style um but yeah i just i want to say that to encourage people when you get people that want to hate on your instagram or whatever try to handle it in a way that like they can't come back at you she never commented back i don't think (laughs) Um, because you don't, you, you take away, it's, it's like that, uh, Eminem movie. Like, you know, if you, it's a little different, but if you make fun of yourself first, nobody can say anything, you know, or like with this, if you just hit them with respectful facts and like start from a place of, Hey, you're a vegan. I can appreciate and understand that. Um, but here's my side of it. They don't really have any ammo to come back at you with. And then they're forced to, to kind of at least, digest a little bit of the, the cold hard facts about veganism. Um, if that's what you want to do and that's your 
your thing, then who am I to tell you different? But just understand that you're not on a moral high ground if you want to talk about killing versus killing, because in that scenario, yours is a, is quite a bit worse. Not only that, but, but when we shoot animals, we're trying to protect her food source because they're eating her food. Yeah. You know, I'm shooting yeah. the I'm shooting the deer that's eating the grass that she wants to put in her milkshake or whatever she does with her, you know? So right. I'm just helping her out. <laughs> right. is what I, wait, wait a minute. You guys, you preserve your turkey fans. You don't just hang them on the wall. That's what I did. It smelled for a while, but then I just got over it. Are you serious? No, I'm, I'm 100% kidding. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I. Oh God, that would be, oh. Yeah. All right, good. I'm glad you. I'm glad you did. It's <laughs> like Brian. We're gonna have to do a 101. This podcast just turned into a uh, tutorial video. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what what do you guys use to preserve your tail fans? Table salt. Yeah. Yeah. I just that's what I, I took use. a cardboard, a uh, huge piece of cardboard. I laid the fan out. I pinned it all out where I wanted it to set, and then I just soaked it in iodized table salt, basically. And then for the legs. I took a uh, a drill bit and I drilled down as far as I could, <clears throat> and then I filled that hole with table salt. I set the legs up how I wanted them, and then uh, they were beautiful red when I started, and then they kind of turned like a, a darker with red lines on it. But yeah. it still looks pretty cool. It's like dinosaur legs. It's funny how they like you. Yeah, mine started off looking great, and then I checked on them, and like you know, they naturally they start their toes talent yeah. i don't know what you're <laughs> calling toes. curl you know they they curl yeah. up and they start like they look dead yeah. <laughs> i was like well that's not how i wanted that to yeah. look um to clarify if you're new and this is you haven't done this yet um you don't just chop the the tail fan off and the legs off and just immediately put salt on them you do go on youtube and look it up but you do need to cut and scrape off as yeah. much of that meat and fat as you can um and then put the salt or borax or whatever you want to use. Don't just throw all of that on top of a chunk of meat because it's not going to work out well for you. So just to clarify, it's not just salt, mm-hmm. but yeah, I've never, I just don't have borax laying around the house. That's, that's the reason I chose salt because I wasn't planning on killing a turkey <laughs> when I did. And so I wasn't prepared for it. And, uh, I got home and I was like, well, we have this whole, you know, those big jars of yeah. salt. Uh, I, I don't even know what borax is, to be honest. Is it, is it like a cleaning agent? Well, better use it. We had <laughs> we had borax laying around when my kids were building or making their own homemade, like, slime. I don't know. It's so mm. yeah, They had all this crap. Oh, my God. It was everywhere. So we had just a little box of it, but I was like, hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know what chemical that is. I, I know what salt is, so I'm going to go with that because I, I don't want yeah. that stuff blowing around the garage. Right. You know, because that's, right. where, I, that's right. where our gym is, and I work yeah. out in there, and I don't want to be breathing in borax <laughs> as I'm throwing weights around. Inhaling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if it dries out and preserves uh, a turkey fan, imagine what it can do to yeah. your lungs. <laughs> It'll be looking like turkey feet. So I've actually – I want to – once I get one down this year, I think I want to try and shoot one from my saddle just to see, because I've saw, I saw so <laughs> many turkeys last year, deer hunting out of my saddle and they're getting within seven, eight yards before they can even see me, you know, cause they're looking for that food source there or, you know, they're, they're jaking up, they're getting their gang together and kind of cruising. But I think I'm going to, cause I bow hunt only everything. 
Um, I don't even know the last time I shot my shotgun was. <clears throat> yeah, that's You're what You're such it is. an elitist. Yeah. <laughs> a buddy of mine uh, was like, yeah. <laughs> I, I got a crossbow. Do you want to crossbow them? Cross, crossbows are made for turkeys. <laughs> and he's like trying to sell me on it. I was like, no, bud. I, I, I'm not... We've already been down this road, and I already told Vince there's a time and a place for crossbows. Uh -huh. and it's, it's not in my near future, so I can't go. I can't backpedal on that. Right. You know, I think maybe though. I think you. I don't know how you'd pull it off, just because of how finicky turkeys are. I think it would be funny if Cooter was to go out and yeah. get one Cooter with the crossbow. Cooter already shot a turkey this year, I, and then. So I don't. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> out out, I don't out know of season. <laughs> So he can't sit still. He's more, he's, he's more yeah. of a July turkey hunter. You know how you hard know? it was to hit that mouth call with those stupid what? teeth in my mouth? Oh my gosh. That was, oh, I to, can't even imagine. Even to drink. The hot dog was obviously a big fail, but, but to put gonna... that turkey call in my mouth with those teeth in was absolutely insane. Yeah, you you might just have to if Cooter takes off, you might just have to get like no, I, your no. teeth altered. My wife would disown you know? me. Some people. She is a huge, huge <laughs> teeth person. Like she's like, if if your teeth weren't this good, we wouldn't be together. I was like, oh, thanks, babe. Cooter's Cooter's got it going on though. He's got a he's got an elusive or not elusive a uh, what is that word? Whatever. He's got a very good smile to him. Oh yeah. He's you know. Yeah. He, uh, he... <laughs> One thing you brought up, Brian. Oh, go for he it. He has go to carry it. a stick around with him to beat off all the to beat off all the cougars <laughs> when he's cruising around town. <laughs> One thing you brought up that I don't I guess I've never asked the question. So why do you guys think that we don't hunt turkeys out of a tree? Because I think we've all probably seen turkeys from our tree stand, and it seems like just like with a deer, as long as you're not stupid, they don't detect you. Um other than like, for me personally, I wouldn't do it just cause I don't think it's as fun. I like to run around, but like, I don't know that I've ever really heard of people hunting turkeys out of a tree ever from a tree stand. I wonder why that is. Is there a reason that anybody knows of? You're not as mobile. Like you said, uh, I, I do a lot of running gunning too, like Brenton was saying. So I'll set up a decoy where I know they're coming in on my research off season, but I just, I, I, I want to try it and see if I can even get it to work. I don't know if it's there's definitely not as much cover because the, even when I'm sitting on the ground with my bow, I've got the background behind me. I've got my leafy suit on, but you're in a tree. You're kind of, you look like the tree as much as you can, but that little bit of movement, I think they're yeah. going to pick you off. But you could, I mean, if you were to, like I said, I, w I wouldn't do it, but if you were to shotgun hunt one out of a tree, you could, I mean, it kind of <laughs> like the argument for crossbows, there's not a whole lot of movement going on. Yeah, but. I, looking at the video of your friend shooting that turkey load just off of the ground, <laughs> I'm not even going to yeah. try it out of a death diaper. Because, I mean, if, you, if you're on a dude, you're going to be you'll be spinning around the yeah, tree, you'll be upside down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, that's a pretty good reason. I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll take that. That's, that's good enough for me. <laughs> Yeah. Um, one thing with the, I mentioned last week, I was talking to a company with some leafy suit stuff and, uh, we don't have anything official, but everything came in and, uh, it looks pretty legit. So the company is called quick camo. Yeah, I heard them. Yep. Um, so I'm curious, Brian, if you had the same impression I did, 
And if I do partner with them in the future, I'm sorry for saying this on air, but you know, it's, it's my show and I got to get it out there. So originally I found them like a year ago and on Instagram, like their pictures of the stuff, like when people were out, they were like grainy. They, they were posting a lot of like, they would take like the shot that's on their website where it's like the dude wearing like a hat and with the mask and it's a just bright white background and they would post all of the different things with people's reviews and the reviews would be like five gold stars. So I, t- I told the owner cause he was asking me, you know, I want feedback. And I was like, dude, I honestly clicked onto you and clicked off last year because I thought you were a scam page. Like just the way that your social media was presented. I, it looked a lot to me like a company that's going to take your credit card information and you're never going to hear from them again. And all of a sudden you just bought $5,000 worth of Levi's jeans online. And he's like, that's really good feedback. Thanks. And he went and like deleted all those. And we kind of talked about, I think it's cool to present those reviews, those good reviews, but do it in a different manner. That's not so sketchy. Looking. Yeah. That's, that's the only one but, I've seen of them is, is the guy in the white background with the hat, with the face mask that comes out of the hat. Um, yeah. And that's their whole thing. Cause I did yeah. a little bit of research on them, but like you said, it just looked, I was like, uh, I don't know about this. Yeah. And I, I had that same feeling and he went, I think he, he went back quite a ways and deleted all of those off their Instagram. And I went and looked at it. I'm like, you look a hundred percent more legit. Cause like their website's legit. Um, they, they sent me, uh, I got it all bottom land, but a full leafy suit, which I will forego the pants. I'm, I'm not a, I, you like the turkey hunt without pants It's not a style. Co- yes. Yes. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not a style contest, but leafy pants just, I don't think they're necessary. A and B, they, I don't want anybody to see me in them. They just don't look good. <laughs> Any, anybody, not their pants in particular. They just don't look good. But no, the, the, uh, the hat with the, basically like you take the hat off and this mask just falls down and it's got cutouts for your eyes and for your mouth. So you don't have like, you know, you wear a mask that's like constricting your breathing. Like you don't have that at all comes down over the back of your head. It has like mesh where your ears are. So you're not messing up your hearing at all. Um, and it, it feels comfortable. Uh, they sent me gloves. Their gloves are really, really legit. They're really comfortable, well-made. Uh, and then their vest or their, their suit is like it. I don't know how you judge a leafy suit. It's a leafy suit. Yeah. It looks leafy and it'll work. So I told them I'm going to take it into the field with me, take their stuff out, try to beat it up a little bit, you know, make sure it's all good. But yeah, I, I, at this point, I would not recommend it to anybody simply because I have not put it through paces yet. I don't want to tell you guys to go buy it, go check them out until I know that like, you know, stitching on the gloves is going to hold up that the hat's going to hold up. But first impressions, if quality is there, which it does seem to be like the stuff is built really well. Um, I absolutely think as long as the stuff holds up, then I would 100% push people that way. Cause it really is. It really is some nice stuff. So I was kind of, I was kind of, uh, no, knowing what I know about Turkey, which I don't want to pretend like I've been doing it my whole life, but everybody always harps on, how important camo is for turkey and i do, i do believe that and it's it, they're real easy to to uh spook but sika came out this year with their turkey vest 
and it's just solid color. And I don't know that it really probably doesn't make a difference, but like I I think you can get it in camo, but all of their like advertisements were just that like olive green color, and I was like I don't I don't know that I would want to wear a solid olive green something that that big of a of a plain I don't know what you want to call it, but that just didn't seem like a good idea to me. Yeah, I don't that big and of a solid I, color. No matter what your background is, I feel like you would stick out, you know, because nature yeah. is broken up colors everywhere you know and then if you put that one yeah. solid blob right in front of it i would think like oh hey look there's a guy that wants to kill me yeah well and i mean especially the time of the year that that particular olive green is not as prominent as your lighter new budding plants you know that are like a bright green and i mean you look at other brands like i think it's re- what is it uh mossy oak Whatever they're, they have bottomland, but then there's the other one that they really push for turkey. It's got like the nice, real bright greens mixed in with it. Um, Treason has some really yeah. bright green stuff. I just don't think a solid, yeah, a solid blob of olive green is the the best thing to do in the turkey woods. I don't know. I don't, like I said, I don't have like tons of experience and I don't have the money for Sika, so I guess I'll never yeah, find me out. Yeah, neither. <laughs> I got, actually, I was co-staffed by Treason last year um yeah so great company um very very young um they the colors for eastern north carolina are perfect uh i really like the pattern um it's just the the zippers on the cargo pants where they came out at the ends so i've I've got loose cargo pants now that catch on everything so it's like you said i i I did it for a year i I let them know i said hey guys this is you know kind of where i'm going and I, i i don't have a hundred percent faith in the product because none of my cargo pants have zippers on them anymore. Um, the, mm-hmm. the emblem of the treason emblem on both of my shirts have completely gone after one year. Um, yeah, the gloves I'm rough on gloves anyways. Um, I ended up having to cut the, the trigger finger off. So, um, yeah. it's just for dexterity mainly. Um, but it, it just, the rest of the glove is, is falling apart. So I just kind of yeah. went back to, what I have in the closet, which is the bottomland stuff, you know, the regular real tree, whatever I've got, I just get in the woods. So I'm, I'm really yeah. rough on gear. And like you said before, with the, uh, with the quick camo stuff, and unless I put it through its paces, I'm not going to back somebody up. And especially if I have put it through the paces and it kind of just right. deteriorates within a season, I, you know, everything's so expensive now. I can't afford to spend, you know, $200 on one jumpsuit outfit, whatever you want to call it every yeah. single season um it's just it's it's not where my bank account lies yeah. i've got two bank accounts see and <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing that i i don't have personal personal experience with but my friend tom is he jumped down the sika tunnel and like never looked back it does seem while sika is way more expensive it does seem like if i were to buy sika in the future if that came into my life, I would buy it strictly for the quality reasons. I've never heard anybody complain about quality on it. They say it's warm. It holds up. It takes a beating. Um, that's where my selling point would yeah. be on it. But in the fl- on the flip side, you know, I, I kind of, I'm in between. I have gotten to the point where I've bought some of the more expensive hunting gear. I still run some of the Walmart stuff. 
all of the stuff I started out with that was super cheap, I don't have any complaints about that either. Like it, I haven't had anything fall apart on me that I've used. Um, maybe some of the camo, just depending on the, whatever material they use, it'll fade a little bit as it gets washed. But the cheap, cheap, cheap stuff seems to hold out just as good. Honestly, it's definitely not as warm. Yeah, no, <laughs> for, see, for deer season. For me, I don't need the warmth. In eastern North Carolina, I mean, come September, first part of bow season, dude, it's like 98 degrees, 120% humidity, and it's just absolute. I mean, you're spraying on Sawyers every chance you get just to keep the yeah. mosquitoes away from you. Thermocells are a must because I can't sit still if there's mosquitoes yeah. around me because they're the size of birds in North Carolina. Um, like they, I mean, you yeah. will get taken away. So the only other place <laughs> that I've been that's worse is uh, Africa. Really? Yeah, man, I swear. Like, as soon as I landed in, it's a country. It's called Djibouti. Um, <laughs> you you would yeah. go there. Of all the places on I the continent, have a you went there. As soon as we landed, yeah, I... it was like, here's here's a five-gallon <laughs> bucket of flies. They're assigned to you for your duration of stay here in Africa. Just uh, keep track of them. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Your skin starts twitching like cows yeah. because you're just trying to get Ugh. the flies off of you. Oh, it's disgusting. Yeah, that's how that's how it is down in Arkansas. I have family down there, and when we go down there, it's like the mosquitoes are a much larger, and b like yeah, they're they're a crew. They stick together and they attack things. And while we're all kicking back drinking bush light, they're drinking deep yeah, yeah you know like they don't they don't care about citronella candles and bug spray they're almost just like yeah go ahead spray that on there it's like an attractant yeah <laughs> it's, it's uh it gets pretty wild so, well hey guys i think we're uh we're running late we're running long this is a long one um brent and i thank you for coming on here man uh for sharing the story for getting involved in the contest you you well earned yourself the championship belt I'm excited to see how you're going to defend the title next year. Um, so I'm trying to uh, kind of come up with a turkey-related thing. I don't know if it's going to be quite as big of a deal, and I don't really know what it would be, but trying to get something fun with turkey going too. So, yeah, and turkeys, I wouldn't I wouldn't be so like, oh, I don't want to deal with scoring. Turkey, I, I want to know how long the beard is and the spurs and all that stuff. So, yeah, maybe we'll go forward and do something like that and uh, – yeah, man. I'm, I'm, thank you for coming on here. Um, let everyone know where they can find you. And you can Cooter find me at uh, Bobcats underscore and underscore broadheads. Uh, and Cooter only shows up on Wednesdays cause I don't know if I can keep up with them <laughs> any more than that. Well, awesome, man. Yeah. I'm, uh, as we're getting closer, I think I'm like three weeks out from opening Turkey. I think you're probably about the same, Brian. Um, I'm super excited. It's all I'm thinking about. Obviously I got bottom lamb hat, bottom land here. I even wearing those famous bottom line, bottom. Yeah. Line Cause we know you don't have pants like, on. I'm you don't just, believe in them. No, if I show you what's <laughs> under the table, you'll, but no, I'm super excited for it. So thanks you guys again for coming on here and talking Turkey and, and sharing your buck story. And, um, yeah, it's just a good time guys. Make sure you're following both of those guys on their Instagrams. And make sure you're following us. We're, uh, I think, about the midway point through our prison sentence. Hopefully that's going to be over. Um, I I did, Brian. I did uh, 
finalize the dropping bombs shirt design. Yes. I think I'm going to do it for a month. I'm going to just going to offer it for a month. I'm not going to keep it on there forever. Um, so keep an eye out for that guys. That's going to be on my Instagram and then obviously antlerfeatherco.com. Um, got a couple different Turkey designs. I'm going to release here pretty soon that I've been working on in my free time. So make sure you're checking us out at antler feather co on Instagram, YouTube, uh, Facebook, and hey, if you enjoyed the show, if you like what you heard, if you want to uh, you want to keep listening, make sure you're like, share, subscribe, rate, and review. When you guys rate and review the show specifically, um, that helps it reach more people than anything else. So thanks to everybody who has reviewed it, who has liked it, hit the little stars, all that good stuff. Because um, ultimately, that's going to help me keep bringing great guests on like we had today which is going to in turn make you more deadly in the woods. So for myself, Brian and Brenton, this is the Antler and Feather Co. podcast. You are listening to the Antler and Feather Co. podcast. 